0: I usually had that microphone turned on when I sit in, but I didn't turn it on till I got up to walk up here. Y'all all right this morning? Yeah. Spread out and everything. Huh? Hey, it's 17 of this morning. Well, that's better than 16, isn't it? And, huh? Yeah. There's, uh, if y'all hadn't noticed and hadn't seen them, we said last week we were going to take up our Annie Armstrong Easter offering today. Uh, if uh, you're not prepared to do that, if you've forgotten, that'd be okay too. And I mentioned to Charles a while ago, we, we might ought to just write a check to Annie Armstrong for the missions offering rather than try to take up a collection. What do y'all think? Well, somebody needs to get the money out of that offering plate in the back, I guess. Uh, I do you take up a, a collection? In addition, okay. well, if you want to give to local missions, Annie Armstrong is our home mission board, home mission folks. They do the work in the United States. So if you want to give an extra amount for that, give it to Kathy. That's settled the whole thing. Okay? Uh, that... That goes to plant churches in areas that don't have churches. Us down here in the south can't hardly imagine that, an area of the country without a whole bunch of churches. But, uh, you know, I mean, we have associations in Mississippi that have over 50, some approaching 100 Baptist churches just in one association. And sometimes you have to drive for thousands of miles out west and up in the Northwest, to find a Southern Baptist church. So this is uh, this is our work that goes on in the United States, the same as Lottie Moon does worldwide. Okay, so don't forget to do that. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to Romans chapter 9. <clears throat> and... Uh, I'll try to cover as much of it as I can for you. Hi. Uh, How uh, many times did you do that? Hi. I just opened it. You opened it, it was on 9. It's, it's something in there intended for you, brother. <laughs> Romans chapter 9. And uh, in this. Uh, We see the joy of salvation uh, that is uh, turned to sorrow in a way as we look at uh, the Apostle Paul, Uh, beginning with verse 1, Paul said, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying, for conscience is testifying to me with the Holy Spirit that I have Intense sorrow and continual anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from the Messiah for the benefit of my brothers, my countrymen, my physical descent. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the temple service. And the promises. The forefathers are theirs, and from them by physical descent came the Messiah, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we uh, come before your throne this morning, God, uh, recognizing your greatness, your majesty and your love for mankind. God, uh, we know that it's not your will that any should perish, but that all come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, that our hearts as your people assembled here today would be convicted about sharing your wonderful word and sharing about your wonderful Son and Savior to more people than we do. God, uh, help us in our heart and our mind to be more faithful to you and your work, your church, and to the lost especially. Lord, we just, uh, we remember being out a fellowship with you and not knowing about Jesus. God, someone explaining to us how to be saved and to be in fellowship with you and have eternal life. What a difference it's made in our lives. We pray that we might, as your people, in one accord, get it in our minds and our hearts to do the same for other folks. Lord, we just... Uh, we pray that as we look at your word this morning, we would be challenged to that end. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, we're uh, we're all God's creation. The, these verses of Scripture, these first five verses here, explain a little bit of Paul's heart for people. Paul was, uh, he described himself as being a Jew of the Jews. He was a devout Jew when he got saved. He, he knew the law and the testimony. He knew everything about Judaism. He was just a good Jew uh, and lived that life, the strictness of that life for them. And, uh, in verse 2, Listen to what he says again. I have intense sorrow and continual anguish in my heart for what? For the lost people, for his people, for the Jewish people. He could wish, he said, himself cursed and cut off from the Messiah for the benefit of my brothers. Folks, we don't have nearly that kind of heart in us today that Paul had in him to be willing to give up our own life in eternity that somebody else might be able to live with God eternally and have salvation. That's a tall order. Now, you think about that. That's a tall order. I don't know about you all, but (laughs) I've been uh, been burned for four, and I think I've told you all about that. When I was a little fellow, Rocking in one of them old high back rockers. Back then, you know, uh, grandparents had those old big round coal burning heaters sitting in the middle of the room, you know, and the smokestack going through the ceiling. And I was rocking by that old big heater. And if y'all know anything about them, if you've ever seen them, you get them hot enough, the metal on it out, the metal of that thing glows red. It'll get hot. That thing was hot. And my little three-year-old rear end was in that chair just rocking. And I rocked too big and went over into that heater, face first. Now, look at this beautiful face you'd never know. Our God is a God of miracles. But that little boy in that rocking chair with his face up against that heater took his hand and pushed his face away from it before somebody could get to him. Mother said when she got me off of that thing, the meat on this hand just balled up in the palm of my hand. It, it would burn that bad. Look at this glorious self today. There ain't no scars nowhere. I'm talking about our God's good. But I want to tell you something. I don't think I'd be willing to take that again for anybody. I just don't believe I would, knowing what I know about pain now. And I don't like it. Y'all don't either. Paul said, I could wish myself that kind of pain, that kind of anguish, and be removed from fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of my Jewish brethren would be saved. Do we have that kind of concern for people in the world? People we know well. People we see at work every day. People we see at school every day, people we see just in the community all the time. Do we have that kind of concern for them that we could wish ourselves condemned and confined to eternal damnation just to have them saved? Now, Paul was an unusual character, but he was expressing the same desire that Jesus showed in his life. Because that's what Jesus did. And he didn't do it just for one person. He did it for everybody. God. uh, Graciously. Elected Israel. To be divine. And share the word. Look at verse 6. But it is not as though the word of God. Has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel or Israel, that applies to the church today. Not everybody that is a church member is saved today. I don't know whether that's news to y'all or not, but that's true. That, that's what it says in the scripture pertaining to Israel applies to the church. Neither are they all children because they are Abraham's descendant. On the contrary, in Isaac your seed will be called. That is, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but the children of the promise are considered seed. For this is the statement of the promise. At this time I will come and Sarah will have a son. Matter of fact, she had two, didn't she? She had twins. She had one named Esau. He was born first, <laughs> if, I, if I read that correctly. He was, he was a hairy little critter <laughs> and red all over. He must have been a sight when he came out of his mama's womb. Can you imagine a, a hairy little baby that's red and come out kicking and screaming, I'm sure, like most babies do? Verse 9 says, For this statement of promise, at this time I will come and Sarah will have a son. And not only that, but also when Rebekah became pregnant by Isaac, our forefather. For though they had not been born yet or done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose according to election might stand. Not from works, now listen, not from works, but from the one who calls. She was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. And folks, I want to tell you something. God has elected, if you want to call it that way, I, but that's we, <laughs> we hesitate to use that word predestined. But I I believe with all my heart that God created man to be predestined to spend eternity in heaven with him. You know why they don't? Because of their own rejection, our own rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like these folks back then, the Jews had access to the truth and the word and their history to everything. And... Everything was supposed to go according to what they had planned physically. But God said, look, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to show you that the things of the world and the things of men are not always the applicable things of God. Because these two sons that are born to her are not going to be in the correct order as far as our minds are concerned. The older one will serve the younger. Well, that's the opposite of what they believed. Now, we I hate to say this, but we in the United States especially are a spoiled bunch. I and mean, if, if you don't believe that, I wish I could put everybody in here on an airplane and just take you to a foreign country somewhere to an airport. And let's get out and just walk through the airport. You will see how important we are. <laughs> Matter of fact, in some places, it's not good to claim that you're a, an American citizen. You know, people just don't like us all the time, and we're not we're not used to being treated that way. We like the way we're treated here. We like for people to respect us, and we don't like to be put in the younger's place. But that happens. Uh, Just about everywhere in the world. And it's hard to explain why the scripture says in verse 13, As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. Have you ever loved anything so much that love for anything else pales in comparison? We've had a couple of babies that I think that would apply to. I don't know about everybody, but there are certain things in our lives that, that matter a great deal to us. When it comes right down to it, none of it's important. The love for God is the most important thing that a human being can have. Fellowship with God. Surrender to God. Folks, that's what Paul wanted for his people. He had come from the Jewish people, which had been appointed thousands of years before in the Old Testament we read about all the things that the the Jewish nation went through to be the nation that Paul lived in. They were, just in their community, they were it. They, They were the Jews, and Paul knew that, and he, <clears throat> he loved it, but he also knew that if he could give his life that all of them that did not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, if all of them would come to that knowledge, he would give himself to spend eternity in hell. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, having experienced fire a little bit, I wouldn't give you a plug nickel (laughs) for a second worth of burning. I wouldn't, not anyway. I don't know whether you've ever had any really excruciating pain or not and can remember it. You probably have, but you're probably uh, doped up and out of this world. But, look, we don't take the pain real good. I don't know whether you all have noticed that, we don't go out of our way to get hurt. We don't go out of our way to get sick. We'll do just about anything to get to feeling better and to get well. Well, <laughs> I can remember being a little fella and getting a shot. I didn't like a needle. I don't know about too many little folks that like needles. But sometimes to get well, you got to have one. And I've seen some little ones... <laughs> go kicking and screaming into the doctor's office to get a shot. Uh, but but that's, that's what it takes sometimes to get you well. you got to have something that hurts. Look, giving up the life that we know in the United States of America, especially as Christians, giving up all of that in order to become a child of the king. To become saved. That seems like a tall step. Paul said. Look. Paul. Was a well educated man. Well thought of. Probably wealthy. Paul would, would give up. He said everything that I have. If my brothers and sisters. Could get saved. If my Jewish brothers and sisters. Could get saved. I'd give it all up. I'd suffer the punishment myself. Paul knew that Jesus had come and done that very thing. That's why he could preach the way that he did. Verse 14 says, what should we say then? Is there injustice with God? Absolutely not. For he tells Moses, I will show mercy to whom I'll show mercy and I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it does not depend on human will or effort, but on God who shows mercy. For the scriptures tells Pharaoh, For this reason I raise you up, so that I may display my power in you, and that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he shows mercy to whom he wills, And he hardens whom he wills. Look, I don't claim to understand all of that. I can't tell you, but I can tell you this. God created some people the way they are to use them to show his power to the rest of the world. Now, we think about some of these mass killers and murderers that have done so much damage and horror. These people that blew up the World Trade Center and and killed so many hundreds of people uh, doing it. We think about that and think about what this says. What did God do that for? As bad as we hate to say it, as bad as I hate to say it, it was to draw people to himself. When uh, children are little, sometimes we have to get their attention and a belt or a switch sometimes will do a better job getting their attention than anything else because they haven't listened to anything else. Folks, spoiled people in the United States of America have not listened to anything God has had to say for a long time. And he keeps trying to get our attention. Hello, I'm here. Hello, I'm here. Where are you? Well, we're out somewhere, but we're not anywhere near him, it would seem. Disaster after disaster after disaster happens, and we do not pay attention. Maybe for a few days, maybe for 10 days or a week, a month, maybe. After that, it's all forgotten. That's not what God wants. God wants us to be his people 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all year long. He wants us to be examples for him and to live for him. Look back at uh, verse 18. So then he shows mercy to whom he wills and hardens whom he wills. You will say to me, therefore, why then does he still find fault for who can resist his will? That sounds like a typical question, doesn't it? Why does he harden people's heart, knowing that they're going to reject him? Why does he do that? Get other people's attention. I'll tell you why he does it. But who are you, anyone, who talks back to God? Well, what is formed, say to the one who formed it, why did you make me this way? We have an arrogant spirit and attitude in the world. But folks, if you get in other parts of the world and look at things that go on in in airports and society and other places, you would understand that Americans have an attitude. We think we eat on a stick, excuse the expression, but that's what we think. We think we're special. In the world today, if you don't believe them, if you don't believe us, and, and normal, get somewhere where there's a crowd and ass, you'll find out. Get somewhere where there's a bunch of foreigners and you'll find out for sure. Verse 23 says, And what if he did this to make known the riches of his glory on objects of mercy that he prepared beforehand for glory? See, God doesn't do anything by accident. He doesn't do anything at the last minute. Understand this. Everything that we know and see was planned in his mind and heart before anything was ever formed. God intentionally did things the way that he did because that's the way he wanted them. Now, Paul's talking about somebody that's arrogant enough to stand up to God and say, Why'd you do that? I don't like that. I don't want it that way. I don't want you to do me like that. And Paul said, Who are you? Well, you know, people are still that way today. I'm me to give you an example? You sit down with somebody with the Bible and say the Scripture says, If you want to be saved and have eternity in heaven, this is what you have to do. You have to get a." Have to give up yourself and give everything to Jesus and let him guide your life and be your savior and tell you what to do and what not to do and live for him. Oh, I can't do that. Well, why did he tell us to do that? Because that's the way he wanted to do it. He's God and that's the way he wanted to do it. We question God at every turn from the very beginning on. If you've ever witnessed to anybody very much, More than, (laughs) I start to say more than once, but sometimes just once is all it takes because people will give you every excuse in the world not to accept Christ. And they'll use their money, they'll use their children, they'll use their home, they'll use everything they know. Well, I'll have to give up doing this, I'll have to give up doing that, I'll have to give up talking like that, I'll have to give up going here, I'll have to do this, I'll have to do that. That's right. We're afraid to tell people like Paul, that's right, you will. You've got to do it the way Jesus said do it, or you haven't done it at all. And we can't get that through our heads. And it's the hardest thing in the world to convince other people of. That's one reason we don't witness like we should, folks. We don't like to be told no. No. We don't like to be rejected. We don't want somebody to think of us as a holy roller. I'd rather be a holy roller rolling into heaven than I had. Not a holy roller rolling into hell, y'all. I don't know. Verse 29 says, And just as Isaiah predicted, If the Lord of hosts had not left us a seed, we would have become like Sodom Sodom, and would have become, been made like Gomorrah. They knew where salvation comes from. Verse 30 says, What should we say then? Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained righteousness, namely the righteousness that comes from faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not achieved the law. Why is that? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as, a, as it, if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. Our problem, especially in the United States of America, we built this country. We built the skyscrapers. We built the waterways. We built the tremendous ships. We built the factories the Ford Motor Company, the Chevrolet Companies, and all of those. We did all of that. Why in the world do we think we can build a road to heaven? It's because we've done so many other great things in our minds. That's, That's exactly what Paul's talking about. What should we say then? Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained righteousness. Those folks that that are just (laughs) plumb ignorant. You know, I I mean, we've we've run into people like that, folks that that will tell you sometimes that that they've never heard the gospel story. They've never heard about how to be saved. They're just plumb ignorant. God said, the Bible says, God chose those people. They're not so hard-headed that they can't understand that they need a Savior. If you, if you got everything made like we do in America today, it's hard for us to understand we need Jesus because we have everything. How many people don't go home to a heated house, an air-conditioned house in the summer? How many people don't have a ride and get to and fro and here and there? It may not be the best in the world, but it doesn't have to be the best in the world. I can take you places where they're still riding horses and buggies or not necessarily buggies two wheel carts we've got it made in the united states and that's the biggest problem we have god has blessed us beyond our ability to handle blessings he's just blessed us beyond our ability to say thanks We expect it. See, we expect God to do for us what we want God to do for us. We don't expect anything bad, but it's coming, folks. The beginning step is to reject Jesus. When you reject Jesus, and other people, your friends and your family, reject Jesus, there's only one place for them to go. We need to be concerned, like Paul was for his brothers in the Jewish family. He had enough concern for them that he would have died for them. He would suffer eternal punishment for them. Where is our care for our brothers and sisters, our family? Where is that care? We squandered on everything in the world without ever thinking about what's going to happen to sister or brother, mother or father, aunts or uncles. Folks, Jesus gave us the greatest gift of all, his life. And with it, he said, go tell the world. Now, we can, we can sit back and not do anything, mulligrub around complain about church and complain about the way things are going in the United States and the way things are going in the world. But folks, the most important thing that we can do, despite what happens in the world, the most important thing that we can do is what Jesus said do. That's more important than anything else. That's top drawer stuff. If we'd start witnessing to people and telling people about Jesus, you know what would happen? People start getting saved. You know what that would do? That'd bring about the last one to get saved that was ever going to get saved a whole lot quicker. And you know what happens when that happens, don't you? With all my heart, I believe the last person that gets saved on this earth gets saved, Jesus coming back. He knows exactly who it is and where they are and when it's going to happen. He's coming. I'd a whole lot rather be like Paul and put my head down to welcome him than to shout obscenities and accusations about why you didn't wait. Why did you do this? Why are you punishing me? Get it in our heads right now. Why? God wants us to be his children, his disciples, his witnesses. And we need to practice it. We need to do it. Let's stand together and bow our heads, okay? Everybody up if you can. If you can't, that's all right. Some of us it takes a minute to get up. (laughs) Some of us takes two minutes. I was looking at Jack that time. (laughs) I'm picking on you, Jack. Is that all right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your precious son. Thank you for the salvation that he has made available to anyone who would turn to him and ask for forgiveness of their sin God uh, The scripture tells us that he'll put our sins away from us as far as the east is from the west we don't have to worry about standing before him in sin if we just trust him now as our savior Lord we should desire the same thing for our friends our relatives our acquaintances Help us as your people not to be bashful or shy about sharing you and your precious gift to the world with them. Lord, forgive me where I failed you in that department. I know there's so much more that I can do. Lord, use us all to be spiritual giants and tell the world about Jesus for you, for your honor and your glory. And God, we will thank you for the blessings that come with it. Lord, we love you. And we dismiss ourselves today in your care, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And you're dismissed. Thank you.